Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, hey, Waffle Gang, I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some more relationship stories, and this is down the entitled Parents Route or Entitled People Route. And if you do love a Reddit story, why not consider hitting that like, subscribe, maybe that notification bell too. It all massively helps out. Now, before we do get into today's story, it's an absolute crazy one, one that I haven't seen since, since the start of the channel, pretty much, when we used to cover the Entitled Parents Days and the Entitled People, all that sort of stuff absolutely crazy it's all one story so <laughs> brace yourself basically and from what i've heard a lot of people have covered this one but i've had a few people send me this one in the past as well so i do apologize if you've heard it before but i haven't so i was going to just read this one today let's get started now this first story comes from acer once about accer one might be acker one entitled aunt claims adult child has to obey her because it's the law. Another post about a parent volunteering their adult child reminded me of this. It happened to my cousin, but I was there for the majority of the story. I remember it so clearly for a couple of reasons, in addition to just having a good memory. It was the first trip after my father had died, and it was sadly the last trip I took with my mother. She died less than a year later. My aunt was always playing the big shot of solving people's problems, but using my cousin as the actual person to take on the problem, always for free. If someone insisted on paying, entitled aunt kept the money. Need a babysitter? A ride? House clean? As far as my aunt was concerned, the only reason Emily existed was to cater to her. Emily was her ultimate trophy. EA was entitled long before it became a huge thing. The cast of the story. Been seen one of those in a while. EA, entitled Aunt, Emily, the cousin, Mike, Emily's boyfriend, me, Asa, PO1, police officer one, oh dearie me, PO2, police officer two, and judge is the judge. <laughs> My aunt has always been entitled. It's her personality type. My mother couldn't stand her little sister, so we tried to avoid her while still maintaining contact with her husband and child. My uncle, their brother, lived further south in the States, so we always tried to avoid entitled aunt knowing when we were visiting. On this trip, I was staying with my cousin for a couple of weeks in the summer and we were going to do the tourist things. EA thought that the university not being in session meant that cousin was slave labor. One day, Emily decided that enough was enough. She was supposed to run errands for a friend of entitled aunt and had told her mother she had plans. Her mother, as usual, acted as though Emily had agreed and expected her to comply. Emily just didn't run the errand for the friend as demanded. It was that simple. My mother and I had arrived about 10 minutes before the phone rang. Entitled aunt called and though this was back during landlines, she was screaming so loudly that both my mother and I could hear both sides clearly. She said, How dare you embarrass me with my friends? You call Mrs. No Name and apologize immediately. You are grounded for a month and you may not drive the car at all. Now you make that call and go and run those errands now. 
If anyone can explain how she was supposed to do this without using a car, I'd like to know. Emily replied, Mum, I'm 22. I do not live in your house. You do not pay my bills and you do not own my car. Run the errand yourself. I have plans. Opie goes on to say, My mum was a little nervous leaving us at that point. It's a mum thing and, as she has met her sister thing, even though we were both fine. She left just after meeting Emily's boyfriend. We left and went to a water park and a few other things. We got back to the house and were talking about where to have dinner. Mum insisted on paying for us to go someplace really nice for dinner that night. We get back and Emily's car is gone. She called and asked where it was. She said, Mum, do you have my car? Entitled aunt replies, yes, I do. Your father brought me over so I could check and see if you had obeyed me. I told you that you were grounded and you were not there when I arrived. I'm keeping the car for a month, but I'm going to let Mrs. No Name borrow it because you've been so horrible to her. Emily replied, Mum, that's stealing. I want my car back now or I'm going to report it stolen. No, Mrs. No Name can't drive my car. Entitled aunt replied, I'm your mother. What I say goes, Missy. You need to learn and respect and get it through your head that I'm in charge and you are the child. You don't own anything. It's mine because I am your mother. The police will likely arrest you for wasting their time. Emily hangs up and looks at me. She is so angry she is crying in rage. She says, Aka, if I call the police, she's going to know you are here. I say, I can live with that. That fallout is a whole other story. She picks up the phone and calls the police, tells them that the car has been taken without her permission and where it is. Mike drives us over there. We do not want to miss the show. A police officer knocks on the door and entitled aunt answers. She says, hello officers, do you need something? To which the officer replies, ma'am, the vehicle in the drive matches the description and location of a vehicle reported stolen. She replies, it's my car. I took it from my daughter because she is grounded from using it for being disobedient and disrespectful. The second police officer says, I see, may we have a word with her please? Entitled aunt is looking very smug and says, she doesn't live here. To which police officer says, who had noticed us across the street, you three, come on over here please. The officer asks, did one of you call us? Emily replies, I did. It's my car, officer. My mother seems to think she has control over it and me. Aunt says, it's my car. I'm your mother and you have to obey me. It's the law. Tell her, officers. Police officer two says, actually, ma'am, there is no such law. Your daughter is an adult. Aunt replies, there most certainly is such law. I'm going to report you to your chief for not knowing it. I may even sue. Police officer says to your cousin, May I see the car registration and your license, please? And Emily hands them to him. Police officer says, Mom, this car is registered in the name of your daughter and only your daughter. It's her car and you have no right to drive it. Entitled aunt looks at the registration the officer is showing her and then snatches Emily's license from him and slams the door. The police officers look at each other for a moment and then shrug and ring the bell again. Entitled aunt answers it, looking very smug. The police officer says, Mom, I'm going to need you to return the license now. Entitled aunt hands him the license that she just cut into several pieces. She goes on to say, Now she can't drive because she doesn't have a license. She looks at Emily as though she just scored some odd victory. Then she finally notices me. Asa, what are you doing here? I reply, just trying to have a nice visit with my cousin. She has hated me for years. Aunt says, you need to leave. I didn't give you permission to visit. Where is your mother? 
I said, I don't need your permission. My mother is not here. I can travel without her. The police officer says, Mom, you are under arrest for destruction of government property. Apparently, cutting up a valid license is a felony in some places. Who knew? And grand theft of this car. She says, you can't arrest me. I'm her mother and I have rights. Police officer 2 says, yes, you do. He then reads them to her. The officer explains to us that until she destroyed the license, he'd been willing to issue an appearance ticket. Then instead of being arrested, she would just have to appear in front of the judge and get a fine. This was a much bigger deal. Emily ran into the house to tell her father what had happened. We all chatted for a little bit until the phone rang. It was entitled aunt telling him to call her attorney. I drove the car back to Emily's and took her to get her license replaced the next morning. The attorney called by my uncle apparently, didn't know my aunt and he showed up at the first hearing. A week later to try and get it dismissed, it looked to be going her way at first. Her attorney says, your honor, this is a family matter. It's a simple case of mother disciplining her child and the child calling the police because her mother grounded her from using the car. The judge said so she got mad and called the police and she, not knowing it was a crime to destroy the license, did so. Attorney says, yes, your honor, that's pretty much it. Judge says, prosecutor, do you have nothing better to do today? Prosecutor says, no, your honor, I don't. I consider it rather important. When a 22-year-old woman has a car stolen, it doesn't matter who stole it. She has just as much of a right to justice as someone who has their car stolen by a stranger. The judge says, 22. The victim is 22. The prosecutor says, yes, your honor. The victim is a 22-year-old woman who is the sole owner of the vehicle in question. Her mother became enraged at her daughter. She then went to her daughter's home, stole her car, and later destroyed her license. Attorney says, your honor, I was not aware of the age or living situation of the victim. I was under the impression that the child was a minor who resides with her parents. Entitled aunt was sitting there looking smug. Her attorney was sweating bullets. The judge says, aunt, do you realize that these are very serious charges and if convicted, you face up to eight years in prison? She says, for what? I have the right to discipline my child as I see fit. She disobeyed me. She will think twice before doing it again. The judge says, no, you don't. You have the right to discipline your child within the confines of the law. You have stepped outside that parameter. You stole your daughter's car. She says, I'm her mother. It's my right. It isn't really theft because she is my child and her property belongs to me by law. The judge says, where did you get your law degree? She says, I don't have one. Judge goes on to say, then let me be the first to explain to you that your child is a legal adult, period. You have no right to anything of hers without her express consent, period. You may not take her car without her permission, period. You may not enter her home without permission, period. Do you understand that? She replies, you don't know what you are talking about. I'm her mother. That gives me the right. I'm in charge. Judge replies, no, ma'am. I'm in charge. This case will be held over for trial. I went home a week later. Aunt eventually took a plea deal where she had two years probation and had to take parenting classes. The parenting classes were Mike's idea and the prosecutor thought it was great. We laughed hysterically over that because my cousin is an only child. Lol. Emily and Mike married a year later and moved the hell away from there. This took place about 30 years ago. Aunt maintained for the rest of her life that the judges, there were five for different status hearings, didn't know what the hell they were doing and she was right. And Opie has several posts about this crazy aunt. So we're going to go straight into another one, which was titled Crazy Aunt Tries to Have Me Arrested for Murder 
Victim Objects. Edit to add, it starts off with, this all took place around 30 years ago. It's all long buried along with the crazy aunt. If you watch television shows from the 70s and 80s, you will notice odd things. People smoking at work, on planes, even in hospitals. Telephones have cords. At a police station, there are no computers on the desk and everyone is smoking. Things have changed a lot since then. That includes mental health standards and police procedures. Please keep that in mind. Caller ID had not been invented. There were no mass market mobile phones and the ones that existed were for the filthy rich and had limited use due to technology. It typically took a week to get your photos back and there were no selfies. Wearing a seatbelt was optional, as were child safety seats. Car windows had to be manually rolled down. It was a different world. These events happened a long time ago. I'm renaming entitled Aunt to CA for Crazy Aunt, as per the request of so many who were getting confused by EA. If you don't want to read the original story, my crazy aunt steals the car belonging to her daughter and gets arrested for that and destroying her driving license. Aunt posted a $500 US bond and had to appear in the court the following week for the first hearing as her attorney was going to attempt to get it dismissed. Just to clarify, the attorney in question spoke only to my aunt and had only her version of the events. In spite of what you might see on the television, that is generally how it works. Most attorneys don't investigate matters themselves and go off on what their client says and any official documentation provided by the opposition, in this case the state, anyway. This is what happened starting the day after that arrest and leading up to that hearing. To say that hell broke loose the next day is putting it mildly. Even though my cousin Emily had a ticket written by the officer from the night before stating that she had a valid license and to call in if necessary, we opted to have me drive to the license branch to get a replacement. It only took a few minutes and we're on our way to the museum. We were both a little nervous because my aunt hadn't called or anything and, and with her silence was something to be worried about. We left the museum to get some lunch and my cousin went to the restroom while I waited at the kiosk. As I'm standing there, a police officer approaches me. There are three others milling about, looking very out of place in that area. You know the fake I'm supposed to be here and need to look fake busy behavior. The officer asked me for identification and as I go to pull my license out for him, I asked him what was going on and why he needed to see it. I said, sure, officer, let me get it. What's going on? Police officer responds, I have a report that you are an endangered runaway involved in the trafficking of narcotics. I stopped cold and stared at the officer. He was not kidding. I started laughing. He was not amused. My cousin approached us. I said, I don't suppose the name of the person who gave you the tip is Crazy Aunt. Officer says, I can't give that information out. I hand in my license. As you can see, I'm over the age of being considered a runaway. I was 21. I'm also not involved with narcotics of any kind. And if you need to discuss this further, you can contact my attorney and please tell my crazy aunt I said to drop dead. Police officer said, I'm sorry for bothering you, but we had to check. I said, I get that. Maybe I was an endangered runaway. And until you check, you can't possibly know that. What you should know, however, is that your source was arrested last night for stealing a car and destroying government property. Officer says, well, I'll check on that when I get back. Maybe we need to add another charge to her list. Have a nice day. Cousin and I get our food and head back to her place. When we arrive there are about 30 messages on our answering machine. For you young people, it was a primitive form of voicemail. Several were from my brother. 
It seems that my aunt, delusional as ever, called him and told him I had been arrested for drug trafficking and was in really serious trouble. He was a little concerned. I called him back and told him everything. Thankfully, he hadn't booked a flight to get to see me, so crazy aunt failed on that front. I told him our plans for the evening and he told me to be very cautious around my aunt. I told him not to worry, I'd be fine. The other messages were from crazy aunt to me, demanding that I leave, explaining that I'm not allowed by law to visit that state without her permission or without being with a parent or legal guardian. The world was a strange place in her head and she was going to have me arrested if I didn't leave. Naturally, she blamed me for her arrest the previous evening. Emily and I went out for dinner and to attend the concerts in the park series that was going on that week. I had a feeling I was being followed. I was trying to pinpoint where my crazy aunt was in the crowd when Emily said softly, straight ahead, three o'clock. Yup, there she was. Unlike everyone else who was facing the band, she was staring at us, just staring. We decided to cut the evening short and went home. I like weird, but that was sinister. About an hour later, there was banging on the door. It was the police again. We let them in. They had a tip that it was a drug house and asked if we minded them searching it. Of course we minded. We asked if they had a warrant and suddenly my crazy aunt appears. Police officer says, mom, you can't be here right now. Aunt says, my daughter lives here. Police officer says, I'm sorry, mom. You will still have to wait outside. I said, so you gave them another false tip. Aunt says, no, I told you you'll be arrested and I was right. If you aren't hiding drugs, then why do you care if there is a warrant? Answer me that. I said, because privacy is important to us as citizens in a free country. The officer says, mom, no one is being arrested. We were following up on a tip and apparently you're the one that made the accusation. Aunt says, arrest her. She isn't supposed to be here. Officer says, why not? Because she doesn't have my permission to be here. I've told her specifically that she is not allowed to visit my daughter without my permission. Officer says, do you own this property? She replies, no, my daughter lives here, so it's my home too. Emily says, no, it's not your home. I invited OP here, now please leave us alone. Aunt says, she doesn't have my permission to even be in this state. Officer says, your permission is not required to visit this state or even this person. They are both adults. I say, officers, this woman has now made two false complaints against me, harassed me, and threatened me. Is there any chance you can arrest her? Lose her paperwork for about 10 days. By then, I'll be home. Aunt says, they can't do that. I have every right to keep you away. Besides, I have to be in court next week because of you. The officer says, why does she have to be in court? Emily replies, because she stole my car and torn up my license yesterday. The officer says, that was her. I heard about that at the station this morning. I said, what are my options? The officer says, I'm sorry, but we can't lose her paperwork, though I certainly sympathize with you. You can, however, press charges against her if you like. It would get her out of your hair until morning at least. I said, I'll take it. I signed the form and she was arrested again. This time she posted $1,000 and was released because the police clearly don't understand the law and how she is right. She goes back to try and harass me and control Emily. The problem was now that she couldn't find us. While she was busy being arrested and bonding out, I talked to my mum and her brother and sister-in-law. My mum got us a hotel suite booked under the maiden name of my good aunt. Emily and I packed up and moved to the hotel. Four days later, there was a knock on the hotel room door. I answer it to find the police standing there. This was different. 
two were in uniform and two were in regular clothes, detectives. Oh boy. I sighed, told them I'm not a runaway and there are no drugs, but come on in anyway and offered them some of our soda supply. They declined. Detective says, as a detective now, do you know why we are here? I said, not specifically, but if I were to guess, I'd say my crazy aunt has cooked up some new story to sell you. Detective says, do you know where we can find Emily? I said, yes. Detective says, is this a confession? I say, to what? Detective says, to her murder. Hope he says, what? Detective replies, your aunt says that you have always hated your cousin and that four days ago, you got her out of the way and then killed Emily and dumped her body. We would like to know where her remains are to give her family closure. Cooperation would go a long way here. I said first, crazy aunt is the one that always hated me. It's a long story. Emily is one of my best friends as well as my cousin. Second, I not only didn't kill her, she isn't dead. Detective says, then where is she? I said, taking a shower. We just got back from the pool and chlorine does nasty things to her curls. She'll be out in a minute. Sure you don't want a soda while we wait? One officer had moved to the bathroom door and could hear someone in there. He nodded at the detective. The police officer says, do you have any weapons in here? I said, just the knife by the sink. I handed them each a Coke and took one myself. I yelled into the bathroom, hurry up, we have company. Emily squealed, Mikey. I knew she'd hurry up now. I returned to my seat. There was another knock on the door. This time it was Mike. He came in, grabbed the soda, sat down and looked at the police. He nods to the two plainclothes cops and says, detectives? They nodded. Mike says, so what is she claiming you did this time? I said, murder. <laughs> Mike says, cool. Who'd you kill? I said, Emily. Mike says, damn, I was going to marry that girl. To which Opie replies, you do and crazy aunt becomes your mother-in-law. Mike says, I don't plan on returning from the honeymoon. She'll never find us. Opie says, I thought that when we left M's place and decided to stay here. Yet, here we are. Mike says, fair point. How did they find you? OP replies, good question. The detective says, we had your information and we called your home. The father initially refused to tell us where you were and insisted on calling the precinct directly to make sure it was really the police. Smart man. Then he told us where you were. He would like you to call him when we are done here. I picked up the phone and called my brother. I let him know that everything was fine and that I'd call back later with more details. Emily comes out of the bathroom and rushes to see Mike. It takes a second for her to notice the police. Emily says, oh, good grief. What is she claiming you did this time? I said, murder. Emily says, wow, she's pulling out all the stops here. Who'd she say you killed? Kennedy? Opie replies, you. Emily says, me, but I'm not dead. Detective says, may we see some identification? Emily handed it to him and we gave him the whole story. The officers just shook their heads. The detective says, we will let her know that you are alive and that you will contact her when you see fit. We will not disclose your location to her. OP says, so she gets away with more harassment. The detective says, I'm afraid so. The reality is that we can't prove that there was malicious intent here, even though there was. When neither she or anyone else that knows Emily had seen or heard from her in days, she can make the case that she reasonably concluded that Emily was in danger. You were the last person known to be with her, so you are the logical starting point. OP says, well, thanks for not coming in with guns blazing. Detective says, we only do that on television. Randomly shooting up hotel rooms creates a lot of paperwork and we hate paperwork. Try and enjoy the rest of your visit here. OP says, oh, I will. She goes to court in a few days for car theft and I wouldn't miss that for anything. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Opie's saga continues, which says the incredibly long history of the crazy entitled aunt. The two things most people wanted to know from my initial post is what the fallout from my visit was and why my crazy aunt always hated me. This is about why she always hated me. You can read the first post here. OP then linked her first post and says, TLDR, this gives the history of me and Crazy Aunt. It's stupidly long, so I understand if no one wants to slog through it. Crazy Aunt hated me because I'm the living, breathing persona of what she always wanted but could never be. That's it in a nutshell. To be fair, she also hated my brothers, but not as much. She hates my oldest brother because he's a clone of our father. They look like twins born 30 years apart. My younger brother she hated because he's six foot three Nordic looking blonde and didn't take her crap but did it in a dismissive manner. As though she was a fly he was swatting away. For years I actually thought my sister-in-law was my sister. How was I supposed to know? There was a girl about the age of my brothers living in the house and calling our parents mum and dad. Crazy aunt hated her because Not only would she not take any crap, but she would shove it down your throat until you choked on it. I should probably point out that my brothers are 18 and 20 years older than I am. The oldest one married at 18 and went into the military. His wife stayed with us often to get a university education. The key here is that she hates anyone who dares challenge her. My mother was one of seven children, not unusual back in the pre-birth control days, and was three years older than crazy aunt. Good uncle is two years younger than crazy aunt. By the time I entered the picture, the other siblings had moved away and largely written crazy aunt off and out of their lives. The shortest version of this goes back to when crazy aunt was a very little girl and had this image of herself and what she would become. She also thought that she should have been named Emily. Yeah, that gave everyone pause when she tacked that name onto her newborn daughter. Understand, aunt was born in the 1930s. She still expected to be tall, thin, blonde, and brilliant. She would have fit in well with Hitler. Instead, she was short, 4'11", had dark hair in, and it was quite beautiful. My mum and older aunt had it as well. A tendency to gain weight in the middle and was just average in intelligence. She also lacked the ambition necessary to accomplish the lofty goal she had in mind. But then it was just supposed to happen and she wasn't supposed to actually have to work for it. When she didn't study for a test and received a bad grade, she threw a fit because she was always supposed to get top marks without doing anything for them. She was practicing manifesting abundance decades before the secret. The smartest person in the world who lacks ambition will not do as well as an average person with a lot of ambition. She never learned that. She had what we in this sub would call typical entitled kid syndrome. 
but there was nothing external to feeding it. No one gave in to her demands and she still got worse over time. She had this idea in her head of how things were supposed to be, but the rest of the world wasn't cooperating. She was so impossible to live with that her first husband, Emily's biological father, finally had to leave. No one in her family blamed him at all. Luckily, she met a docile man that made Emily a great father. That poor sucker married her mostly, I think, to help Emily. At one point in the 1970s, Aunt went back to school and tried to become, wait for it, a psychologist. She didn't make it into the grad school program and instead became a MSW, Masters in Social Work. Let that sink in for a minute. Emily is precisely 11 months older than I am. She is also the first girl born in our generation. All of my mother's other siblings had boys, lots and lots of boys. And Emily for 11 glorious months, crazy aunt had done something none of them had done and had a girl. Then I took that title away from her. I also had the temerity to be born six weeks early and with double pneumonia. Back then, either of those things should have killed me. Having both required a miracle and we got it. My mother had an outstanding doctor who managed to save us both. Aunt was busy planning the epic first birthday party for Emily. What was everyone in the family doing when they should be talking about Emily and her party? They were talking about me and my mother, checking with each other to see if anyone had heard anything. At one point, Aunt called my father and told him in her expert opinion, she's a social worker, it would be better to let it die because you already have two children and you don't want to be burdened with a sick and mentally baby. My father informed her that they had three children and then quits taking her calls. She quit calling because he would pick up, hear her voice then hang up. My brother and sister-in-law married to her other brother who was in the military did the same thing. For you young people, back in the day you often had to pay for each call you made from your landline and those calls were recorded each month on your bill. Local calls were charged at different rate and then long distance. Long distance was anything outside of your zone. Many places also charged a per minute fee as well. A common television trope was dad screaming about the phone bill. The Brady Bunch even put in a payphone in one episode. This was a big deal. Trust me, there were only one bizarre lasting impact on me from my birth. A heightened sensitivity to sweets. For that reason, I didn't generally like things with sugar. This plays in later. The other lasting impact, not really an issue, was a propensity to develop asthma. If I were to one day, if I were to one day take up smoking, so I didn't. Aunt rarely visited because she was a two pack a day smoker and no one was allowed to smoke in our home. It really wouldn't have been an issue. No more than I would be exposed, but it kept her away, so we went with it. I saw aunts only sporadically during my early childhood, mostly at family gatherings when we were in the US. The thing I remember most about them is never being left alone. No matter when I looked up, my father's brother's mother or sister-in-law was there. They never left me alone because the first visit we had that I can remember, she freaked out my brother. He describes the way she looked at me and then at Emily, was as though she wanted to peel off my skin and switch it with Emily. Most of her comments revolved around how I was too thin, too pale, and too short. She was always trying to get me to eat candy. I never would. Not just because I didn't like it, but because my mother told me to never eat or drink anything she gave me. She said I was spoiled. When discussing this sub with Louis yesterday, he told me they had nightmares for years where she showed up for a visit and was wearing my skin. So yeah, she creeped him out. Due to my father's job, we moved nations quite a bit. One of those took us to Japan when I was four. 
I was bored at home, so my mother let me start school early. By the time we left, four years later, I was ready for the American equivalent of junior high school, 7th and 8th grades. In Japan, they wanted students to be with their academic peers and ignored the ages. It was not unusual to find a mix of ages in the classroom, something not practiced much in the US. While I was in Japan, being skipped grades, Crazy Aunt was in her town, not taking Emily to kindergarten. Back then, it was generally for a half day and it interfered with her day to cut it up like that. Her plan was to just start Emily in first grade the following year. The problem was that when she went to register Emily, they wouldn't take her based on her age alone. She had to be tested in the basics. She failed, so they put her into kindergarten. Crazy Aunt was furious at their stupidity because Emily was brilliant. The fault here was not with Emily or her intelligence. It had to do with her never being exposed to necessary material. She couldn't even sing the alphabet song or tie her shoes. She was just supposed to know these things, somehow. Well, Aunt couldn't be bothered, so Stepdaddy worked with her and took over school duties. She did great then, but was a year behind her age peers. They had a gifted program that started in the third grade. Aunt insisted Emily to be put into it. The school said no because it was more than she could handle. Aunt threw such a fit that the school caved. Emily failed and had to repeat the third grade. She was humiliated and due to her mother's antics became withdrawn. She never wanted to do anything because she was afraid of her mother getting involved. She always considered me safe because I already knew about her mother and liked her anyway. In a normal family, none of this would matter. Hell, it didn't matter in my family. It didn't matter to Crazy Aunt. Partly it was because she didn't get away. Part of it was because in our absence, she had launched a one-woman propaganda machine to promote Emily and claim the real reason my parents had left the country was because of my mental defects. By this time, the only people in the family that spoke to her for more than a death notification were two elderly great-aunts who thought that Crazy Aunt was a hoot. My mother and their younger brother, everyone in the family, knew what she was like. So really, it didn't matter. But it did. So much so that no one ever mentioned me and academics ever. It was best for everyone if she believed that Emily was the smartest kid ever. The next time we saw her, I was 12. Crazy Aunt went on and on about how gifted Emily was and how she was the top student and so popular, blah, blah, blah. It sounded like a press release. Emily just smiled and nodded. When she finished with that, she broke into a litany of how short and thin and pale I was. She told my parents that in her expert opinion. Did I mention that she's a social worker? I exhibited all the signs of anorexia and bulimia. They were getting traction in the news at the time. I never had either. Never saw the point. We all just smiled and nodded. It was a short visit. One of the great aunts had died, so we went for the funeral. Aunt had a habit of showing up for a visit. She wouldn't call. She would just appear at the house and stay a few days. This was one of the big reasons her siblings moved and didn't give her the address. She was the kind of person who would wake up in the morning, be bored and just decide to drive across the country to visit someone. One day, she decided to visit us. She had a plan. My parents were diagnosed with different forms of cancer, three weeks apart. The prognosis was grim. Maybe a year. I was 15. I was in my junior year at the local university. I took a ton of CLEP tests to avoid the first two years of generals. I was still legally a minor. My parents had me emancipated, bought me a car and paid off the house. 
I would have enough money to support myself until I was legally able to support myself. No matter how smart you are or how many degrees you get, child labor laws still apply. Besides, I had a serious truancy problem. Technically, I wasn't in school. Universities didn't count, so I needed the legal protections and the emancipation would give me until I was old enough to drop out of high school. I actually still had to do that. It's a bizarre story for another time. The younger of my two brothers, Louis, was divorced and had custody of his girls. They lived close to us. I was set to be okay as a 15-year-old can be faced with the prospect of losing both her parents within the next few months. Financially, I was fine. Logistically, I was fine. Emotionally, I was a wreck, desperately trying to hold it together. I remember the day so well because it was a miserable day all around. It was mid-August. By 7 a.m., it was 90 degrees. It was extremely humid. I had gone to register for my four classes and pick up my books. Anyone who attended a major university in the late 80s and early 90s probably remembers the nightmare that was registration and book buying. It was hours of waiting in lines only to be told classes were full or cancelled, spending hundreds on a single textbook that you probably never use and certainly never be able to sell. Add to that the problems with traffic and parking, and I was not in a good mood when I got home and carted all that crap into my room. I was hot, sweaty and tired. I wanted a shower, some food and the air conditioning set to popsicle. I took a quick shower and redressed. When I opened my bedroom door, my young niece was sitting there looking irritated. She was fine and irritation was unusual for her. Mostly it involved her three-year-old sister. I said, hey Nikki, what did Annie do? Nikki said nothing. Then why do you look irritated? Nikki replies, Grammy wants you in the kitchen. There are strange people there. I don't like the lady. I said, why not? Nikki replied, I don't know. I just don't. Grammy doesn't either. She's using her too nice voice. I said, who is it? She replies, she says her name is Crazy Aunt. I said, crap. Nikki says, now you look like I feel. Can I stay in here? I said, yes, keep your sister in here with you. If you leave, I want you and your sister to stay where I can see you. Nikki said, okay. I went out and sure enough, I see Emily and the back of Crazy Aunt's head. Crazy Aunt turns and her jaw drops. Like my brothers, I waited until I was 13 to start growing. I ended up at 5'10". Growing pains are a real thing, by the way. My father is looking highly amused. I was and am still thin and pale, long blonde hair. Blame my father, his ancestors were from Northern Europe. Mum says, how was the registration? I said, about like I expected. I got everything I needed and most of what I wanted. Aunt said, were you registering for school today? Seems a bit early. Did Louis take you? I said, yes, and it's not really early. I drove my car. What brings you here? Aunt says, well, I heard about your parents and I came up with a perfect solution. You're too young to drive. I said, you discovered a cure for all forms of cancer. Awesome. I have a license. Aunt says, no, I mean to your problem. I don't approve of young people driving. It gives them naughty ideas. I said, my problem is that my parents have cancer. Cure that and you solve my problem. I don't care what you think about driving. Aunt says, no, I have a solution for what to do after they are gone. Don't sass me. I say, so you can't cure cancer, but you can resurrect the dead. I was going to nominate you for a noble. Instead, I'll call the Vatican. Don't tell me how to behave. Aunt says, don't flip with adults. Your mother raised you better than that. Dad said, I helped. Aunt says, that explains it. Dad says, thank you. To which I say, what is your grand plan? To which aunt replies, you will of course come and live with us. I said, you've got to be kidding me. 
Aunt says, I'm not. You can go to school with Emily. You'll probably not be in classes as advanced, but I'm sure you will do fine. I said no. Aunt says this matter has been decided and the adults will make the decision. I said for starters, I have an older brother who I could live with if that were a problem. Two of them actually. I also have a house to live in and a car. I have plenty of money and I'm not going anywhere. If I were going to live with an aunt and uncle, it would be good aunt and uncle who already made the offer. By the way, I'm legally an adult. Most importantly, your opinion on this matter doesn't count. Aunt says, no, you aren't. You are a year younger than Emily. I will sell the car. I don't believe in allowing children to drive. I'm the adult here. I said, I was emancipated. The car is in my name, so you can't sell it. My parents are also adults, as am I. You are not part of this. Stay out of it. Aunt says, yes, I can. I'm the adult in charge of you. Dad says, we aren't dead yet. Mum says, you have our answer. To which I say, you will never be in charge of me. You cannot control me. I'm not Emily. Nikki says, if she's going to live with anyone, it would be me. She's mine. She's always claimed ownership of me. Told her sister to get her own aunt. Aunt says, we have better schools and you will even be able to go to name university if you can get in. I say, I go to different name now. Aunt says, you're 15. I said, thank you for pointing out the obvious. By the way, name headhunted me and I turned them down. I told them I didn't want to live that close to my crazy aunt. Now things are difficult enough for us all emotionally without your insanity. Please leave us alone. You can't have me. Aunt says, well, if you're really attending name, what's your major? I said psychology. I plan to be a psychiatrist. Maybe someday I can have you committed. Aunt says, you are very rude. And I said, you can go fuck yourself. That is the only time I ever use profanity in front of my parents. Aunt says, are you going to allow her to speak to me like that? Dad says, when she says something we disagree with, we will let her know. Mum says, you made the offer and we appreciate your concern, but the matter has been well handled. We are confident that everything will work out just fine. They stayed for three days and I don't think I spoke another word to her after that. She told me that I was rude, disrespectful and should be ashamed of myself. She demanded I apologized. I walked away. I did apologize to my parents for my language. They raised me better than that. My brother took a day off from work to keep his kids away from her. We never left them alone with her and he still didn't want her alone with me. I stayed where I was after my parents died and they both lived to see me reach 18. My brother took on an almost father-like role. Sometimes I even attribute things he says as coming from my father. Kind of a mental slip, if you will. The really funny thing is that he sometimes forgets and refers to me as the sister to one of his daughters. So I'm okay. You never get over losing people you love, but you go on. There is really no other choice. Emily is also great, happily married to Mike, two great kids. Crazy Aunt is dead, but her long-suffering husband lives on with Emily and her family. We don't talk about her mother. I'm sorry this was so long, but many of you asked for the history and there really isn't a way to shorten it without the details. The glib, I'm everything she wanted to be, sounds not only conceited, but doesn't really explain it. To those of you who wondered if she was mentally ill, the answer is most certainly a yes. What qualifies as mentally ill now is not the same as back then. Just term was difficult and her behavior generally passed off as such. She was 63 when she died. There was no funeral or memorial service. She was cremated and her ashes dumped in the nearest ocean. She was deathly afraid of water and never learned to swim. Emily made that call. I think that pretty much sums up her feelings on the matter. Mostly I posted this because sometimes entitled people slash parents just happen. 
Over time, our live and let live society has begun to breed more of them, partly because the rest of us give in to them. It's often easier. Sometimes, just sometimes, they burst spontaneously out of the ether. Emily suffered as a result of it, and I think that is why she didn't become an entitled kid or become an entitled parent herself. There was so much pain that she didn't want to do that to her children. The real happy ending here is that entitlement died with Crazy Aunt. So OP went to give us one final installment, which was called Crazy Entitled Aunt and the Italian Restaurant. This happened almost 40 years ago. I'm posting it as a thanks for reading the other stories. This one is more funny and entitled rather than infuriating and entitled. My immediately family was, for the most part, perfectly normal and boring. We were not prone to outbursts and tantrums. It was very calm and quiet. Everyone got along and we were pretty happy with our boredom. I tell you that so you understand that I had absolutely no experience at all with people prone to screaming fits. You should also know that I suffer from a case of terminal morbid curiosity. I also don't give a shit. Never did. Never saw the fun in it. This happened when we were visiting for great auntie's funeral. I was 12. Crazy aunt insisted that we all go out to dinner at her favorite Italian restaurant. It was just the best. She said so and she was never wrong. The gimmick here was a little flag of Italy on the table. When you wanted more dinner rolls, you raised the flag. This is important. Flag up, you get rolls, flag down, no rolls. Remember that. The six of us are seated. They take our drink order and bring the bread basket. The cast has a new member, P.U., for my poor, long-suffering uncle, who will one day be made a saint for being married to Crazy Aunt for over 20 years. Some of you commented in my first post that he was an enabler. He wasn't. He was a victim as well. He couldn't leave her without leaving Emily. It started with the drink order. Aunt says, we will have five sweet teas. Dad says, I'll have a Coke. Mum says, I'll have a Coke. I say tea, no sugar. This is a mortal sin in the South. Aunt says, don't be silly. You can't have sweet tea without sugar. I said, I don't like sugar. Aunt says, that's stupid. Bring her sweet tea. Waitress winked at me and says, yes, ma'am. The poor uncle says, I think I'd like a Coke as well. Emily says, I'd like a Coke. And the aunt says, we drink Pepsi, not Coke. We are having sweet tea. The waitress brought us our requested drinks. Aunt was growing agitated. Aunt likes to control everything and everyone. So she told us what to order for dinner. I'm not going to get into an ethical debate here, but I refused to eat veal. She demanded we all have the veal. I refused. I knew this would set her off, but oh well, I'm not eating veal. My parents, after I'd explained to them years earlier why I would not eat veal, refused to eat it as well. Did I mention I get my I don't give a shit qualities from my parents? Well, they didn't give a shit either. They were perfectly capable of ordering whatever the hell they wanted, so they did. I had lasagna. It was good. My mother's was better. Once we ordered what we wanted, it emboldened poor uncle and he stepped out of line and ordered something else as well. Aunt was not having it. Aunt says, you are getting the veal. Uncle says, no, I feel like something else tonight. She says the veal is the best, which uncle replied, I still want something else. She said, you won't like it. Uncle said, I'm sure I will. Aunt says, you don't know what you are talking about. He says, I know what I like. She says, well, you can't have it. Yes, I can. She says, I said, no. He says, well, I'm ordering it. She says, you always get the veal. 
Uncle says, because it's your favorite and you make me. I don't even like Italian food. She says, yes, you do. It's your favorite. He says, I want the lasagna. To which aunt replies, damn it, uncle. Order what I tell you to order. He said, no, lasagna. To which Emily said, I'll have the lasagna too. Aunt says, you can't have that. You're allergic. Emily says, no, I'm not. Aunt says, I'm your mother. I know what you can and can't eat. The aunt to the waitress says, bring her the veal. The whole time this is going on, I'm looking from one to the other like watching a tennis match. Back and forth with the pitch of her voice getting more and more shrill with each sentence. I was fairly certain that when we left, bats would have been summoned. I'm just watching them and eating a dinner roll. The food arrives and everyone got what they wanted, even Emily, much to the fury of the aunt. Then it happens. Uncle raises the flag. Aunt puts it down. Uncle puts it back up. Aunt takes it back down. Up and down, up and down. I see the bread guy hovering at the edge of the table, waiting. Flag goes up and he rushes in to drop off the new basket before it can go back down. Aunt grabs the basket and throws it at the kid that delivered it. To save time and typing, every time Aunt speaks, the flag goes down. The rest of the time, it goes up. Aunt says, you don't need any more bread. Uncle says, but I want more. Aunt says, I said no. Which he replies, I'm an adult and I can have more bread if I want. She says, no, you can't. He says, why? Just tell me why I can't have more bread. She says, because I said so. You aren't listening to me. He says, I'm hungry and want more bread. She says, you wouldn't be if you ordered the veal. He says, yes, I would. I always am, but you never let me have more bread. Tonight, I get more. I say, I want some more bread too. To which the aunt says, no, you have had enough. I said, no, I really think I want more. Aunt says, well, you are wrong. I said, you seem upset. And she replies, that's because you people aren't listening to me. I said, yes, we are. We just don't care. We want more bread. Dad, to me, while trying not to laugh at how absurd this is, you aren't helping. I said, I think you want more bread too. At this point, the whole damn place is watching our table and the battle over the flag. I'm fairly sure there were people taking bets to see who would win. In the middle of the confusion, a nice lady sitting at another table nearest Emily tapped her and slipped their fresh bread basket to her. Emily took a roll and slipped it to me. I took one and slipped it to my father. Then it went to my mother who, after taking a roll herself, slipped one onto uncle's plate. Aunt saw it and grabbed for it. Uncle was faster. He shoved the whole thing into his mouth at once. <laughs> it was a big roll. The waitress approached the table to check see if we needed anything. Xanax was unfortunately not on the menu and aunt demanded she bring the check. I said I want a dessert, chocolate cake. Uncle says sounds great, I'll have some. Emily says me too and dad says I'll have apple pie. Mum comes in with I'll have a cheesecake, bring cheesecake for aunt, she loves cheesecake. The aunt says no, we're not having dessert, we are getting the check and leaving now. Dad says no we aren't. Aunt says well I'm leaving, you can all walk home. Dad says, I drove. It's our car. Aunt says, I know. Give me the keys. To which dad replies, no. Aunt goes on to say, you have to give me the keys. I live here. You are just visiting. Dad says, yes, I'm just visiting with my family in our car. She says, it's my state. Dad says, I don't care. It's my car and you can't have it. You're a terrible driver anyway. She says, no, I'm not. Dad replies, you drive the wrong way on the freeway. She says, no, I don't. It's the other cars are going the wrong way. Dad says, you get lost in your own neighborhood. She says, not always, to which dad replies, you are not driving my car. 
She says, yes, I am. Dad replies, no, you aren't. That, ladies and gentlemen, continued while we ate dessert, paid the check my father was buying as we walked to the car. And for the entire trip back to the house, my father drove. We dropped them off and went back to our hotel room. Dad says, has your sister always been this crazy? Mum says, no, it started when she was about three. Dad says, what happened? Mum says, she started speaking in complete sentences. Dad says, ah. (laughs) And that ends the crazy saga of Opie's aunt. And that is an absolute wild one, which I haven't seen since we like, when we first started cover, like the initial when the channel started, r slash entitled parents and entitled people, they were always along this level of absolute craziness. But what do you guys make of this one? If you've made it this far, let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. And just a huge thank you for spending your time with me today. Getting involved in the stories, your love, support and time always means the absolute world. And hopefully we'll see you in the next one. Take care and much love. Wake up, get up, stretch my legs, eat some breakfast, milk and eggs, brush my teeth up, wash my face, throw my clothes on, start my day. Wake up, I can smell the smoke from the bacon. Let's go, see the sun shining from the windows. Okay, I know that's a damn. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 